boy, do we have a look at the president's historic speech for you today from outside, from the television perspective, and from inside the room. This is a podcast you don't want to miss. Uh, more hostile than I have ever seen. The angriest, meanest, um, most hate-filled room I think I've ever been in, and I've been in a lot of rooms feeling a lot of hate towards me, towards people, uh, or from people. And I have to tell you, the hatred this president is is feeling from the left is unprecedented. It was hostile third graders. Today, we're going to talk about that with several guests here in our Washington studio. And what's next for America and the American press? Well, let's look north to our neighbor, Canada. What's happening there should frighten all of us. A way for you to get involved, all on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Thomas Massey represents Kentucky's 4th Congressional District that stretches all across northern Kentucky, 280 miles of the Ohio River. He is, um, you know, he's a smart guy. I mean, he's no Glenn and Stu, uh, but he did go to MIT. Uh, He's on three different committees, the House Committee for Transportation and Infrastructure, the Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. I love you. And the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. He's um, he's also the guy who uh, last night took me down to the skiff and took a picture of me at the door of the skiff. Wouldn't let me in for some reason. <laughs> Wouldn't let me in. But uh, we were down where that those all the secret meetings went on with the uh, with the whistleblower. Welcome, Thomas. How are you? Yeah, you bet. Um, first of all. Let's start with the um, well. We're we're halfway through a historic twenty four hours. Yeah, we got the State of the Union last night, which was just outrageously good in my opinion. And then uh, in at what four o'clock this afternoon, the Senate's going to vote to acquit. Yeah, this is a it's an amazing slice of history. This twenty four hour window. Yeah, and to be there last night was just amazing. Uh, on the floor of the House, I started out by shaking the president's hand as he mm. came in yeah. uh, and thanking him for yeah. the work that he's done. And then, boy, when he started into that speech, I think those Democrats uh, had super glue on their on their seats because they refused to stand up for the I mean, just if he had said apple pie or baseball or mm. I mean, at times he, he could have come out and said, I like socialism, and they would have, they would not have clapped, and they would not have gotten up. That's right. I mean, no matter what he said, even if it was stuff they've always been for. They, I mean, he 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 talked about many things that they have been for, and they couldn't applaud. They couldn't applaud at at uh, the lowest unemployment rate, the lo- the highest employment rate for African Americans ever. The highest uh, uh, employment rate for uh, Hispanics and Asians, women, nothing, nothing, nothing. It it was incredible. He got a few of them to clap for criminal justice reform. 
because they co-sponsored the bill. But even people that voted for that bill wouldn't get up and clap or even acknowledge that the president did something good by signing the bill. Let me ask you this. Um, Last year, I was your guest uh, at the State of the Union, and um, I felt it was – remember, the the president was kind of – he was almost squirrely at a couple of times. He'd go, come on, you can clap for that. Remember? He would look over to the left and go, come on. And it was still a little good-natured. Right. Last night, I felt from them hatred. I mean, I that room was full. They hate him. Seething. Seething. Seething hatred. hatred. And, you know, I shook the president's hand when he came in. To do so, I had to sit on the aisle. Yeah. So I was just a few feet from those Democrats who would not stand up for the president for anything, for anything good about America. And I would look over at them. And literally, I could lean over and touch mm-hmm. some of them. And just look at him in the eyes and, and think, what is going through your head right now? Why, what is it that you hate about this man so much that you're going to be so spiteful and hate our country? I mean, when he just talked in generalities about the country and how we need to put Americans first, they wouldn't stand up. Not a single one of them could I see clapping when he said we need to put America and Americans first. Right. I mean, th- there were things— Last night that he said, I thought this was a wildly uniting speech because there were things in there that pissed me off. You know, when he was me talking too. about me too, yeah, high speed Internet <laughs> for everybody. I'm like, that's not the government's job. Right. And that's one of the things that they were demanding uh, before was high speed Internet, high speed Internet for everybody. Well, good. I'm I'm for that. Let's have companies do that. Not the United States government. And they, I know, because how long did we spend on the stupid internet thing? Remember, if you're oh, a mother. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was the, the Lum, Lumbee tribe? Yeah, the, the Lumbee, Lumbee tribe. tribe. They right. didn't have one clip. They didn't have any, uh, they didn't have any high-speed internet, and Obama wanted high-speed internet for everybody. Here he's proposing it, and they won't stand up. They won't even clap. He didn't extend an olive branch. He extended an olive tree. He did. And an olive orchard. He did. Okay? He did. And they didn't. Take any of it. The Family Leave Act? I mean, yeah. holy cow. By he, the way, I didn't vote for the Family yeah. Leave Act. And the, I, and, I and, know and, that. And he's proposing to extend it. Extend it. Yeah, yeah. To private companies. Right. Right. And to me, that was – he was trying to build a bridge to the yeah, Democrats. Yeah, he was. It was a, that was a bridge a little far. Yeah. But – Well, all the stuff he talked about the unions – Right. He talked about the unions last night, and, of course, the, the new NAFTA agreement was a gift to the unions. Nothing. Nothing. Crickets on, on their side. Um, and, I mean, that's just incredible because some of those folks have co-sponsored those bills. Right. Some of them voted for those bills. Right. But they just hate him so much. This is So how are we going to get through the next four and a half years oh you know he's got to spank him at the ballot box again yeah. for them to learn that he's in line with american americans and they're not i mean this was basically laying the framework for the 2020 election or or the stark contrast mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't about an election but you could see the stark contrast between what president trump stands for and what the democrats stand for and mm-hmm. he put he laid out a vision for America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, state 
State of the Union's or uh, speeches are supposed to be and and oftentimes are hopeful. And he did that at the end. I mean, he was talking about that was the best speech. That's the best speech he's given. Last year, I thought it was the best speech he's given. He's good at this, which Stu and I were talking about. It never would have expected him to be good at a State of the Union address because he's just not a great reader and not a great speech giver. Yeah. He's good off the cuff in yeah. his own way. I expect good rallies. I expect good one-liners at debates. I right. wouldn't expect uh, this a great was a, State of the Union. He's good at them. I think yeah. this was a redefining of the State of the Union address. I think this one, I mean, when you know, there were so many, that thing is boring as snot every year, let's be honest. But there were so this many. This one was anything but boring, especially oh, yeah. if you were in the room. I don't know how this, how did it translate not in the room, Stu? Could you feel the hatred? Not as much as you're saying. I mean, they certainly, you could hear jeers occasionally. Oh, they were, um, they were nonstop. Yeah. They were nonstop. You can't hear um, what's really going down on the floor. I mean, you can't hear it. You can't see it. It was nonstop. They got to a point towards the end. I don't know if you noticed this, Thomas, but you were close enough to it. They got to a point to where one one woman actually put her head in her hands and just laid down in her own lap, just like. I I can't do it anymore. Um, I watched two or three of them walk out. Yeah, mm-hmm. three which, of them I saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and literally at times he had to speak over them yeah. because they were jeering so loudly. Now, if you were watching it on TV, the sound was being picked up by his microphone, so you wouldn't have gotten the entire ambiance right. of the room. Right. Which at times was was jeers from the Democrats, right. and he just instead of acknowledging them, he or, just plowed. He through. plowed through all that. Yeah, it, it, he he did. I mean, that was an expert last night, an expert performance at um, just plowing through. And I wondered if you heard that because many many times he was being jeered by them. And he just raised his voice, and he just didn't stop. Yeah, no. And that's what we're going to – And That was smart because you, it was not detectable largely. I thing. wish it was. Yeah. I really, I, I really mm. wish people could see the State of the Union the way I've seen it the last two years because you – it's a totally different world. Can I admit to breaking with decorum at one point in yeah. his speech? Uh in the beginning, we started chanting. We started a little chant where I was, four more years. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know yeah. if that came out oh, on TV. I heard it. I did, did you hear that? that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I participated in that <laughs> gleefully. Yeah. It was – and you know what's funny is every time the the Republicans really responded with, yeah, yeah, was when he was covering for them. That's right. It, it – it, and it – I mean, can I admit? Yes. Can I admit They didn't something? drag you out of the gallery. They didn't drag me out of the gallery, but uh, they might have. Uh, but uh, there was a couple of times to where I didn't necessarily even fully agree with, you know, the, the I, I, I agreed with it, but I wasn't like, yeah. But because they jeered, mm-hmm. When people started to clap, I was first on my feet going, yeah, Yeah. you know, and the guys next to me, I was with this guy from uh, Oklahoma and the other one was, I can't remember where the other one was from, and a guy from North Dakota in front, and they were, they were MAGA guys. Yeah. And they, 
they were lifting the roof off. Well, the group that I sat with, um, we resolved every time that we heard the Democrats jeering at him while he was trying to speak, that when he was done speaking, that we would clap twice as loudly. You heard it. Yeah. You heard it. You heard that, at least in the room. Um, we, we're going to continue our conversation because there was there were a couple of really touching things. Uh, I watched uh, Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib closely, and their statement when they walked out, we just couldn't take it anymore. Wait until I share what I witnessed because I watched them like a hawk. Um because I watched them last year. You can learn an awful lot from just watching those two. Uh, and um, wait until I tell you the real story about their dramatic walkout where they just couldn't take it anymore. Coming up in just a second. Also, uh, Chris Stewart is going to be joining us. Um, we have uh, Ezra Levant coming with us. And also uh, John Miller, who is our White House correspondent. He's going to be here. He is a very good friend of mine. He was actually my intern and then my assistant for a while. He went to Columbia University. He's a black guy. And um, uh, you want to talk about unpopular. In his last class, they were asking, which fascist dictator? This is his professor at Columbia. Which fascist dictator um, would they compare me to? And here's this guy who hadn't said anything the whole term. And he raises his hand, and uh, the teacher says, looks at this black kid, yeah. And he said, I don't know, I'd, I'd go the other way. I, I think I'd compare him to Martin Luther King. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was great. And I think the correct answer on the dictator thing is probably Idi Amin, just from size, a size uh, observation. <laughs> well, laugh it up, you two clowns. <laughs> laugh it up. All right. Uh, I got a congressman to... Laugh at my fat joke. I, I'm laughing because you might have just lost your job. Yeah. <laughs> the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. I can't wait to give you my full uh, picture of the State of the Union. We'll do that a little later on in the uh, program. We have uh, Congressman Chris Stewart uh, from uh, Utah who is, is with us. He is on the uh, – what, what, what committee are you on? I'm on the House Intelligence and Appropriations, which are two yeah. great committees, and also budget because yeah. I think the debt actually matters. Yes, it does. Imagine You're the that. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, but uh, you were part of the you, – you had to sit there with Adam Schiff the whole time. Yeah. It was fun watching him and the others. And, and that's the thing that I'm not sure people see or hear back home because, when, like, when the president introduces his guests, the cameras focus on the, on the guests. And what they don't see are the Democrats sitting there and, in some cases, actually booing and kind of hissing. They're like this – kind of like a second grader. When they had – when he reunited the, the Army family yeah. Yeah. at the end, they were actually groaning through that. They were like, oh, come on. I saw people – turning around, looking at each other, like, I don't know what they were saying, but they were, like, yelling at each other. They were so mad yeah. 
They were yelling what they wanted to say to him. They were saying to each other during that really nice moment. Yeah. And America didn't see it. And yeah. they should. Or they the, should. Or the little girl that he gave the scholarship to. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they should. They, they should. According to their constituencies and their interests that they claim is important to them, they should have been clapping and cheering for that for, to give her this opportunity. And instead, they sit on their hands. And, you know, it's funny. You, you mentioned Adam and I watched him and it was very clear. He knew that the cameras are going to be on him at any time. Mm-hmm. So he was always careful. But his face never changed for the whole hour and a half. He just sat and stared with this painted on smile. And I know it bothered him. And it was a lot of fun to watch because he could see the energy and the support. And he knows, and this is really important, Glenn, he knows that they messed up. He knows that this is backfire. I do. I do. I think he's, uh, look, there's Adam is a lot of things, but one of the things he is 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 smart. And and he can see and read and observe. And and I'm not saying he wouldn't do it again. I'm certain that he would. But he also knows that they failed in convincing the American people that this president is... is uh, They made him stronger. Yeah, absolutely. They made him stronger. Absolutely. If that president, the one I saw last night, showed up for the next, what, 270-some days, uh, every day, that was the president that showed up, I think he would win in a Reagan-style landslide. Uh, he, it, it was... He, that was presidential. That was positive. Um, looking forward, no little snipes. I mean, it was good it was it was terrific i mean i've talked to so many people you know they call and and say hey what did you think what was like and so many people have said to me you know there were a number of times i actually was brought to tears last night i mean it was an emotional very positive that's the other thing is there was nothing negative about this speech it was very very positive that's not what the left is saying that's not what cnn and everybody else they're saying this was a destructive dividing speech i I have a hard time finding it well you have to you have to scratch really down low to find something i mean look some of the policies they disagree with i get that uh but but this is a very forward-looking very i thought uniting event and it could have been if anyone had any hope and open heart about this at all so is nancy pelosi has she gone totally insane i mean i can't imagine what she was how she thought that was a win last night for her to do that and if i may can we play the joe wilson moment this is this is from uh an obama um uh state of the union listen to this there are also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants this too is false the reforms the reforms i'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegally Look at Nancy Pelosi's face there. And Joe Biden just shakes his head in despair. And this was a big deal. Joe Wilson was right. Last night in the president's speech, he is saying we're stopping all of this health care going for free to illegal aliens. So Joe was right. It was in the bill the whole time. That was a week-long walk of shame. I think they tried to censure him, did they not? Yeah, I believe they did. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to do something to call attention to this. As I was saying to you before I, we came on the air, we had just left a meeting where they're considering their options. But she is the Speaker of the House, but she is also just a member of the House. And she has to abide by the same decorum that the rest of us have to. And what she did, and it was such a mistake. It was so unnecessary. It was so calculated. I mean, she planned on doing this. And how she thought that was a win, I just don't, I just don't get it. It's like you said, has she lost her mind completely? It's, it's their their. Dream. Driven. I've never understood the the Trump derangement syndrome 
Um, and I think some people were driven by that with with Barack Obama. They just could, were so blind by the lies and everything else. They couldn't they just couldn't get past it. We just stopped talking about it. We just were like, okay, well, you know, American people have made their choice. You know, great. Yeah. Let's look to the future. These guys, they can't. I'm. They are driven by their hatred for him, which is going to make the election night in November so much fun. Yeah, because I agree with you. I think the, the president. I think the president is in a wonderful spot right now. I think he's in a very strong spot right now, and they as you said, hate him so viscerally. I can't imagine what it's going to be like then when he's reelected and reelected, I think, in, in, a, in a pretty powerful way. You know, what's amazing to me is um, what happened with Rush Limbaugh last night and their reaction. They, they have people on their side that have received presidential medals of honor that I have thought, this is this a Marxist. What, what are you doing? You know, and there's been people also that have done really good in the past and then politically i completely disagree with them but i can sit there and see okay you know this person means a lot to half of the country whatever um they couldn't even do that no and you may disagree with someone but you still recognize that they were a leader and that they uh, were a proponent a powerful proponent for things that they believed in right uh and we may not agree with those things but they're still a powerful leader and we need to recognize that that's all we were looking for last night And and not even i don't even think that here's a guy i mean for the president to do that and to present it to him which is a first to present it to him uh, should uh, would lead one to believe uh, that he is he's very ill he's very ill and um and that was a humanitarian thing yeah. to to do uh and they couldn't even give him that yeah well you know and so their reaction was very predictable there but i'll tell you what isn't predictable and it's even harder for me to understand and that's when the president says things like you know america's the greatest country god's ever given to man and they sit on their hands and scowl yeah and if i were the president i would turn to him and i'd repeat it and say i'm going to say it again america's the greatest gift ever given to man and and have the cameras focus on them and have them sit there showing them scowling i i really think congress should you guys should you guys should try to get cameras on them. Yeah. I've learned more uh, about your job and his job uh, in the last two years just going to the State of the Union. You know, Tanya and I went to uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner once. And honestly, I went home. I went to the hotel, and I took a shower. Yeah. I felt dirty after that. It was awful. And I, both of us were like, never again. We left early and never, ever again. So I kind of expected that kind of thing here, and it's not. And you really, you learn so much. When I, I watched uh, Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar, and I watched them the whole time. And when I go through and describe what they were doing the entire time, and then they walked out and they issued the statement. We couldn't take it anymore. It is, I mean, I watched it. It was a performance. It's a performance. They don't care. Yeah, you know, uh, Barack Obama and I didn't agree on very much. 
uh, and and there were some things that uh, that he said and did that I found deeply offensive and I thought were unconstitutional and and a danger to our republic. But I still went to the State of the Unions, and when he said something positive and true, I stood up and, and acknowledged mm-hmm. that. Uh, they just can't do it. Uh, they just can't do it. And it's not that it, it was. You don't even have to give him credit. You could just say America yeah. is stronger, it's yeah. better, the economy is stronger. How can you deny the the evidence when when remember Barack Obama was saying that there are, you know, because of me, X number of jobs have been created or saved. Yeah. And you couldn't count saved. Yeah. What do you mean yeah. saved? Yeah. This is an actual unemployment number. And they're like, well, the president is juicing those numbers. It's the unemployment number. Yeah, which is the lowest in my lifetime. Right. And the lowest ever for Hispanic community, right. African-American, and uh, the women and others. But but putting that aside, coming back to this other thing, you have this little girl who they just changed her life by giving her this scholarship. And they sit on their hands and boo. You have the Tuskegee Airmen, 100 years old, that was a amazing. World War II hero. Yeah. And they won't even acknowledge him. And the only reason is not because they don't like him. It's because they will not give this president a win on anything. They won't acknowledge that he can do or say anything positive for they, our country. I think they hurt themselves. This impeachment was a huge mistake, critical yeah. error on their point, uh, on their part. Look at what they are uh, doing in Iowa. They had low vo- voter turnout. They don't really have a candidate that anybody is coalescing again, uh, uh, for. They're going to continue to have lower turnout. With the president last night, this is the first president that has overtly courted uh, the uh, minority. Yeah. Everybody else has written them off. Reagan kind of did. He just included everybody, I think. He just included everybody as an American. And and um, and he there was no hostility there. Um, you have this president who is who is not ceding the ground that Republicans have ceded since the 1960s. And, and he's exactly right to do that. He shouldn't concede that ground. I mean, he can go to the African-American community as he does and he asks them, what have the Democrats done for you in your lifetime? Yeah. And the answer isn't isn't that much. Yeah. And then he can make this argument. Look what we've done, done for you or tried to do for you, for all Americans. And it's a lot. And, and, you know, it turns out the American people aren't as stupid as some people think they are. And they can look at their own lives and say, you know what, I really am better off now than I was three years ago. And I'm more hopeful for my future than I was three years ago. And if they can answer those questions in a positive way, I think a lot of them would say, why wouldn't I support this president? Um, on a final note, um, you are, um, you've been on this impeachment committee the whole time trying to ring the bell and trying to you know uh, let everybody know what was really going on i appreciate you sitting through all of those you're one of the very few that i've given a um uh an advance to in fact uh here it is uh this is the special tomorrow that i'm doing good chris this is We've worked about uh, two and a half months on this special, and uh, I will tell you that this is worse than we thought. All of this is backed up. We have all of the paperwork. Please look into this. This will 
shock even the left. I think the left will turn uh, against Barack Obama mainly. Uh, there is something that was going on that we reveal tomorrow that is, um, well, it's it was one of the worst scandals in my lifetime with another president. Well, well, Glenn, if I could just very quickly, thank you for that. You have done, and a few others, but you have done remarkable work on this, and this is important work. You, you, you said thank you for the work we've done on the on impeachment, on the Intelligence Committee. I'm more proud of anything, the work we did previous to that, where we said for three years, hey, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and some of these directors were corrupt, and they politicized so, these agencies in a way that destroys our democracy if we would not have known that. So are we, I've only got about 30 seconds, are you going to pursue it? Are we going to pursue it as a nation and clean this up? Well, I tell you who I have great faith in, and I really miss. Attorney General Barr is very serious about this. He's committed to doing it. He doesn't have a dog in this race, and he doesn't have to make a name for himself. I'm very hopeful. Okay. Chris Stewart from Utah, thank you very much. Thank you. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. I can't wait to give you my full uh, picture of the State of the Union. We'll do that a little later on in the uh, program. We have uh, Congressman Chris Stewart uh, from uh, Utah, who is is with us. He is on the uh, what 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 committee are you on? I'm on the House Intelligence and Appropriations, which are two yeah. great committees, and also Budget because yeah. I think the debt actually matters. Yes, it. Imagine <laughs> You're the that. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, but uh, you were part of the you you had to sit there with Adam Schiff the whole time. Yeah, it was fun watching him and the others. And, and that's the thing that I'm not sure people see or hear back home, because when like when the president introduces his guests, the cameras focus on the on the guests. And what they don't see are the Democrats sitting there and in some cases actually booing and kind of hissing. They're like this kind of like a second grade. When they had when he reunited the the army family yeah, yeah. at the end, they were actually groaning through that. They were like, oh, come on. I saw people turning around, looking at each other, like, I don't know what they were saying, but they were, like, yelling at each other. They were so mad. Yeah. They were yelling what they wanted to say to him. They were saying to each other during that really nice moment. Yeah. And America didn't see it. And they should. They should. Or the little girl that he gave the scholarship to. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they should. They they should. According to their constituencies and their interests that they claim is important to them, they should have been clapping and cheering for that, to give her this opportunity. And instead, they sit on their hands. And, you know, it's funny. You you mentioned Adam, and I watched him. And it was very clear he knew that the cameras were going to be on him at any time. Mm -hmm. So he was always careful. But his face never changed for the whole hour and a half. He just sat and stared with this painted-on smile, and I know it bothered him, and it was a lot of fun to watch because he could see the energy and the support. And he knows, and this is really important, Glenn, he knows that they messed up. He knows that this is backfire. I do. I do. I think he's, uh, look, Adam is a lot of things, but one of the things he is 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 smart, and and he can see and read and observe. 
And uh, and I'm not saying he wouldn't do it again. I'm certain that he would. But he also knows that they failed in convincing the American people that this president is... is uh, they made him stronger. Yeah, absolutely. They made him stronger. Absolutely. If that president, the one I saw last night, showed up for the next, what, 270-some days, uh, every day that was the president that showed up, I think he would win in a Reagan-style landslide. He It, it was... He, that was presidential. That was positive. Um, looking forward, no little snipes. I mean, it was good. It was it was terrific. I mean, I, I've talked to so many people. You know, they call and, and say, "Hey, what did you think? What was like?" And so many people have said to me, "You know, there were a number of times I actually was brought to tears last night." Yeah. I mean, it was an emotional, very positive. It really That's was. the other thing is there was nothing negative about this speech. Yeah. It was very, very positive. That's not what the left is saying. That's not what CNN and everybody else. They're saying this was a destructive dividing speech I, I have a hard time finding it well you, you have to you have to scratch really down low to find something I mean look some of the policies they disagree with I get that uh, but but this is a very forward-looking very I thought uniting event and it could have been if anyone had any hope and open heart about this at all so is Nancy Pelosi has she gone totally insane I mean I can't imagine what she was how she thought that was a win last night for her to do that and if i may can we play the joe wilson moment this is this is from uh an obama um uh state of the union listen to this there are also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants this too is false the reforms the reforms i'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegally Okay, look at Nancy Pelosi's face there. And Joe Biden just shakes his head in despair. And this was a big deal. Joe Wilson was right. Last night in the president's speech, he is saying we're stopping all of this health care going for free to illegal aliens. So Joe was right. It was in the bill the whole time. That was a week-long walk of shame. I think they tried to censure him, did yeah. they not? Yeah, I believe they did. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to do something to call attention to this. As I was saying to you before I, we came on the air, we had just left a meeting where they're considering their options. But she is the Speaker of the House, but she is also just a member of the House. And she has to abide by the same decorum that the rest of us have to. And what she did, and it was such a mistake. It was so unnecessary. It was so calculated. I mean, she planned on doing this. And how she thought that was a win, I just don't, I just don't get it. It's like you said, has she lost her mind completely? It's, it's their their. Dream. Driven. I've never understood the the Trump derangement syndrome, um, and I think some people were driven by that with with Barack Obama. They just could, were so blind by the lies and everything else. They couldn't. They just couldn't get past it. We yeah. just stopped talking about it. We just were like, okay, well, you know, American people have made their choice. You know, great. Yeah. Let's look to the future. These guys. They can't. I'm. They are driven by their hatred for him, which is going to make the election night in November so much fun. Yeah, because I agree with you. I think the, the president. I think the president is in a wonderful spot right now. I think he's in a very strong spot right now. And they, as you said, hate him so viscerally. I can't imagine what it's going to be like then when he's reelected and reelected. I think in, in a in a pretty powerful way. You know what's amazing to me is. Um, what happened with Rush Limbaugh last night and their reaction. 
they they have people on their side that have received presidential medals of honor that i have thought this is this a marxist what what are you doing you know and there's been people also that have done really good in the past and then politically i completely disagree with them but i can sit there and see okay you know this person yeah. means a lot to half of the country whatever um they couldn't even do that. No, and you may disagree with someone, but you still recognize that they were a leader and that they uh, were a proponent, a powerful proponent for things that they believed in. Right. Uh, and we may not agree with those things, but they're still a powerful leader, and we right. need to recognize that. That's all we were looking for last night. And, and not even, I don't even think that. Here's a guy, I mean, for the president to do that and to present it to him, which is a first, to present it to him uh, <clears throat> should, uh, would lead one to believe uh, that he is, he's very ill. He's very ill. And um, and that was a humanitarian thing yeah. to, to do. Uh, and they couldn't even give him that. Yeah. Well, you know, and so their reaction was very predictable there. But I'll tell you what isn't predictable, and it's even harder for me to understand. And that's when the president says things like, you know, America's the greatest country God's ever given to man. And, they, and they sit on their hands and scowl. Yeah. Uh, and if I were the president, I would turn to him and I'd repeat it and I'd say, I'm going to say it again. America's the greatest gift ever given to man. And, and have the cameras focus on them and have them sit there showing them scowling. I, I really think... Congress should, you guys should, you guys should try to get cameras on them. Yeah. I've learned more uh, about your job and his job uh, in the last two years just going to the State of the Union. You know, Tanya and I went to uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner once, and honestly, I went home, I went to the hotel, and I took a shower. Yeah. I felt dirty after that. It was awful. And I, both of us were like, never again. We left early and never, ever again. So I kind of expected that kind of thing here, and it's not. And you really, you learn so much. When I, I watched uh, Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar, and I watched them the whole time. And when I go through and describe what they were doing the entire time, and then they walked out and they issued the statement. We couldn't take it anymore. It is, I mean, I watched it. It was a performance. It's a performance. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. You know, uh, Barack Obama and I didn't agree on very much. Uh, and, and there were some things that, uh, that he said and did that I found deeply offensive and I thought were unconstitutional and, and a danger to our republic. But I still went to the State of the Union's. And when he said something positive and true, I stood up and, and acknowledged mm -hmm. that. Uh, they just can't do it. Uh, they just can't do it. And it's not that it, it was you don't even have to give him credit. You could just say America yeah. is stronger. It's yeah. better. The economy is stronger. How can you deny the the evidence when when remember Barack Obama was saying that there are, you know, because of me, X number of jobs have been created or saved. Yeah. And you couldn't count saved. Yeah. What do you mean yeah. saved? Yeah. This is an actual unemployment number. And they're like, well, the president is juicing those numbers. It's the unemployment number. Yeah. 
which is the lowest in my lifetime. Right. And the lowest ever for Hispanic community, right. African-American, and uh, the women and others. But, but putting that aside, coming back to this other thing, you have this little girl who they just changed her life by giving her this scholarship. And they sit on their hands and boo. You have the Tuskegee Airmen, a hundred years old, that was a amazing. World War II hero. Yeah, and they won't even acknowledge him. And the only reason is not because they don't like him; it's because they will not give this president a win on anything. They won't acknowledge that he can do or say anything positive for they, our country. I think they hurt themselves. This impeachment was a huge mistake, critical no. error on their point, uh, on their part. Look at what they are uh, doing in Iowa. They had low voter turnout. They don't really have a candidate that anybody is coalescing uh, uh, for. They're going to continue to have lower turnout. With the president last night, this is the first president that has overtly courted uh, the uh, minority. Yeah. Everybody else has written them off. Reagan kind of did. He just included everybody, I think. He just included everybody as an American. And and um, and he there was no hostility there. Um, you have this president who is who is not ceding the ground that Republicans have ceded since the 1960s. And, and he's exactly right to do that. He shouldn't concede that ground. I mean, he can go to the African-American community, as he does, and he asks them, what have the Democrats done for you in your lifetime? Yeah. And the answer isn't, isn't that much. Yeah. And then he can make this argument. Look what we've done, done for you or tried to do for you, for all Americans. And it's a lot. And, and, you know, it turns out the American people aren't as stupid as some people think they are. And they can look at their own lives and say, you know what, I really am better off now than I was three years ago. And I'm more hopeful for my future than I was three years ago. And if they can answer those questions in a positive way, I think a lot of them would say, why wouldn't I support this president? Um, on a final note, um, you are, um, you've been on this impeachment committee the whole time trying to ring the bell and trying to you know uh, let everybody know what was really going on i appreciate you sitting through all of those you're one of the very few that i've given a um uh an advance to in fact uh here it is uh this is the special tomorrow that i'm doing good chris this is We've worked about uh, two and a half months on this special, and uh, I will tell you that this is worse than we thought. All of this is backed up. We have all of the paperwork. Please look into this. This will shock even the left. I think the left will turn uh, against Barack Obama, mainly. Uh, There is something that was going on that we reveal tomorrow that is um well it's it was one of the worst scandals in my lifetime with another president well well glenn if i could just very quickly thank you for that you have done and a few others but you have done remarkable work on this and this is important work you 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 said thank you for the work we've done on the on impeachment on the intelligence committee i'm more proud of anything the work we did previous to that where we said for three years Hey, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and some of these directors were corrupt, and they politicized so, these agencies in a way that destroys our democracy if we would not have known that. So are we – I've only got about 30 seconds. Are you going to pursue it? Are we going to pursue it as a nation and 
clean this up. Well, I tell you who I have great faith in, and I really miss. Attorney General Barr is very serious about this. He's committed to doing it. He doesn't have a dog in this race, and he doesn't have to make a name for himself. I'm very hopeful. Okay. Chris Stewart from Utah. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. There's a guy that you may or may not know because he's Canadian. Uh, He has been uh, on the conservative front of Canadian politics for a very long time. Uh, He is uh, really, um, in many ways, the guy who is, uh, he's kind of the Rupert Murdoch of of Canadian conservatives. He has tried uh, for a long time to make sure the conservative voices were heard in Canada. And it's harder than it is uh, here in America. Uh, Ezra Levant is is with us now, and and you have written a book that came out during the election of Justin Trudeau, and you're now being investigated by the government. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to tell you a story about this, and I'd like your American listeners to uh, think of an alternative history if, say, Hillary Clinton had won in 2016. What might be different now? Because when I talk about... Canada. It's like you have a dystopian time machine. What could things be like if you go off course? Yeah. yeah. Or if you make the wrong choice. So in the last Canadian election in October, I wrote a book. I published a book about Justin Trudeau. I called it The Libranos, a Mm takeoff of The Sopranos. It's not that funny, but, you know, Mm. the book did well. Went to number two on the Canadian bestseller list. He was very critical of Trudeau. There were 24 books about Justin Trudeau in that last election cycle. Some most liked him. Mine was critical. Over Christmas, I got a registered letter from our version of the FEC. It's called Elections Canada, saying I was being investigated for illegal campaign activity and would I present myself for an interrogation. So I went to Ottawa to the high security headquarters of our FEC were two 30-year veterans of the Mounties who are now federal investigators for Elections Canada grilled me for an hour in a small closed room about my book. Um, now, I kn- This is after the election. Yeah. So the election was over. Trudeau mm-hmm. was reelected. He has a minority government, but, but he's still in power. And he's really moving forward on different kinds of censorship. Um, in fact, just last week, uh, his one of his cabinet ministers proposed registering and licensing news websites. So um, we're probably the first wow. in line because we're... That'll uh, happen here. Well, I talked to Ted Koppel. He wants that to happen. Uh, well, a lot, mean, of, a lot of the incumbent media mm-hmm, want that to mm-hmm. rule out the insurgent media. Yes, the legacy yes. media is a way of protecting them. Mm-hmm. So... I I have been investigated before, about a dozen years ago, I was interrogated because I republished the Danish cartoons of Mohammed. Mm. And then it was a human rights commission that prosecuted me. So I, I knew what was coming, so I recorded my interrogation and didn't let the cops know about it. They actually, when I came in the room, they said, no video recording of this for security reasons. I thought, well, I'm going to ignore that advice. I recorded the whole thing and I did so. I, I, I don't normally do that. In fact, I've never done that with a secret recording before. Mm-hmm. 
but I thought no one will believe me if I just tell them what happens. For example, the first and and I sent your producer some clips. The first thing I said when I got in the room was, "You've summoned me here to Ottawa. Can I see the complaint against me? Can I know who complained against me? I haven't seen it yet." And if I don't know if you have the time, but it's about a one minute clip. We do. If you have that, can we play these? Are these in order? Uh, is this the first clip? Uh, I think so. It's it's the one where I say, "Hey guys, um, can you show me the complaint?" And their answer is. Shocking. It's right out of the star chamber. Let's see if this is it. Go ahead. Can I see the complaint against me? The letter that you received? No. I presume that you're investigating oh, based complaint. on a complaint. Yeah. Well, this is still part of the investigation, so we'll have to, uh, once the investigation's been uh, completed, um, the commissioner will have to make a decision. And at that point, he'll have to decide if, if that is releasable or not. It's not so something that's usually is released, no. So it's a secret complaint? It's not a secret complaint. It's just a complaint that's part of the investigation. And to, to, to keep the integrity of the investigation right now, uh, you all understand that we can't share everything that we have. As we oh, I don't want everything that you had. I just, if I'm here to meet a complaint, but you won't show me the complaint, how can I possibly meet the complaint? How can I possibly respond to something that you won't show me? Well, though, I think the letter was quite clear on what we're, what the infraction is, is alleged, and uh, this is what we want to clarify with you. Well, did you generate the complaint, or was it from an outside party? No, we didn't generate the complaint. The okay, so someone... did not generate the complaint. So someone external to your office generated the complaint? That is usually the case. Is yes. that the case in this case? Yeah. Yeah, we did not generate the complaint. Okay, was it the Liberal Party that generated the we complaint? We can't go into that, sir. So you won't tell me who the complaint is, who the complainant is. That's a secret. Yeah, no, no, not at this point. So, at what point do you tell me who the, the commissioner is? Is the the ultimate uh, responsible person for uh, for the investigation and, and how this uh, is so, decided? So, so how do I know what I've what conduct has been complained about if you won't tell me? This is the, you don't have a right to face your accuser. I don't even know if there is a complaint. Um, and I don't know if they're asking me questions uh, to as misdirection. Um, later on, I mean, we were there for 55 minutes and I recorded the whole thing. They were doing their best not to tell me anything, but I was asking as many questions as I was answering. And one of them finally said he had been watching my shows, my, my videos. Uh-huh. And in one of them, I said, of course, I published my book during the election. That's when people want to know about an election, you don't publish a book after the election. There's mm-hmm. going to be a thousand books about Donald Trump mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. You would publish them before, not after. Right. And he, 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 there's a, uh, a clip you have there where he says, um, I, I think it's number... Um, Here, yeah, the investigators... Yeah, timing, exactly. Yeah, yeah. question, that, this is clip four, please. Investigators right. question Ezra on his release of the Trudeau book during an election. They said it, that's what made it an election crime, is that I wrote about the election during the election. It's a, it's unbelievable. He says it. Watch. So when you, when you came to your decision, you're going to author a book, release a book, in time for the election, and I don't have your own words, but online, you when you received a letter from uh, Madame Gigou... You did a, a blurb online that I watched, and you speak about, of course, that it was released in time for the election. 
which if, if that's your position today, that wouldn't allow you to have the exemption for, for advertising for a book. So that's why we wanted to clarify that with you. Perhaps you were misspoken when you spoke online? Or, so we're here to try to clarify. What the hell does that even mean? What exemption? What are you talking about? There's the the law as written says books and the promotion of books are exempt from uh, prosecution, and so I when I first got this threat letter over Christmas, I did a video saying this is ridiculous. Books are specifically exempt. This has got to be a mistake. They haul me in anyways, and he he had watched my video and he said, "Oh, you admitted that the book was timed for the election." Of course it was. Of course it was. That's I mean, John Bolton's book is worth something to Simon & Schuster because it was they could leak it at the time yeah. of the impeachment, of course. That's not meddling in the election. That's participating that's, in the election. Right. And, there, you know, I was not aware of the fact that 24 other books were published about Trudeau. Mine is the only one being investigated. Let me play that clip. Sure. That's uh, clip three. Have you investigated any of the other authors who published books about Trudeau at the exact same time as me? Have you invested John, investigated John Iveson's book or Aaron Wary's book? There's over 24 books that were published around that period. You haven't answered my question. Have you investigated John Iveson or Aaron Wary's books? I haven't. Have you? I haven't. Yeah. Is anyone in your office investigating any other books about Justin Trudeau or just the book that's critical of him? They're getting angry at you. And they're dismissing. There's one more clip, and I know I'm showing a lot, but no. it was, it's sort of incredible to believe. These are 30-year Mounties. Actually, they both worked, organized, one worked organized crime. They both worked terrorism cases. Now they're federal investigators. They've got five men on my case. And, and one of them said, did you consider registering the book with the government? And let me just say, I'm... Registering I, the book. I, under Soviet domination in Romania, which was an Eastern Bloc country... If you had a typewriter, you had to register your typewriter with mm-hmm. police, and you had to type out a sample because each typewriter mm-hmm. in the olden days was mm-hmm. slightly different. They would keep a sample, so if they ever found some samizdat, some freedom type, they could compare it to all the registered typewriters and know who the troublemaker was. They registered typewriters in Romania under Soviet domination, and this cop says, did you consider registering your book with the government? Clip five. The knowledge that you would have or not have of the, of the election, the Canada Elections Act, when you are planning the book and you, the, the, the new third party rules, because I believe there's some comments on your stuff as well about that, did you give any consideration of saying maybe I should register as a third party for this circumstance or maybe I shouldn't um, because of my interpretation of what I'm going to do or did you? Um, not make that determination. Tim, I appreciate the question. Yeah, I absolutely did think about that at great length. Do you want to share any of those thoughts? Well, sure, some of them. I mean, I thought the day I register with the government to write a book is the day we no longer are the true north strong and free. And if Elections Canada's commissioners are stupid enough to prosecute me for writing, publishing, and promoting a book about an election during an election, then that's an important fight to have because we need to roll back these 
pencil neck bureaucrats and their blackface boss. And we need to remind them that we're still a free country. So I thought about it long and hard, Tim. I was a little bit lippy there. I was doing my best not to swear. I was so frustrated. Yeah. And these guys, I, I felt like they were trying to get me to confess and do a plea bargain. And I, I was blunt. I said, no, I think you need to be told by a judge that what you're doing is wrong. Now, I hope that the judge, because we do have in our Constitution some protections for free speech, but you wouldn't know it. Because these guys have five men on the case of my book. And I should tell you, my book only hit number two on the bestseller list during the election. Since I released this interrogation tape, my book hit number one. Mm. So that's the irony about censorship in this day and age. That sometimes You want to read the things that people don't want you to read. And why is it that Trudeau is so mad about a little book by an independent author that he wants to ban it and he six five cops on it? Like, what is it? And in Canada, we have our state broadcaster, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It is larger than all private sector news media combined. So it's so dominant. Trudeau already has that. And then he did a massive newspaper bailout where almost every newspaper in Canada now gets payments from the government. So the number of purely independent media in Canada, it's less than 10%. It's probably... By readership, it's probably 5%. But that last 5% is so irritating to him, he wants to snuff it out. I believe that in a short order, there will only be two kinds of journalists in Canada. Those who work for Justin Trudeau in some way, or those who are being prosecuted by Justin Trudeau in some way. It's coming our way. I think so. I think, I really... If we don't turn around. I think the EU, what happened with Brexit, is a big crack in the in the new wall yeah. uh and i think there is a chance that this stuff is turned around but if we don't turn these governments around and they don't start respecting the rights of free people they're going to continue to power grab and power grab and power grab and we will all be silenced you and i spoke on the radio once about tommy robinson yeah uh, a dissident journalist who was put in solitary confinement for 66 days because of his reporting about right. a rape gang that's worse than Canada, and Canada is worse than America. So this is your early warning. The U.K. is terrible. Canada is not as bad, but it's dangerous. My friends, it's easier to fight in the first ditch than in the last ditch. And it was. it is so much harder to regain a freedom than to keep it. And I just hope that, I mean, you're you're one of the guys that they would want to censor. Oh, yeah. Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> yeah, no. the, the rage against oh, Rush Limbaugh is because he powerful. didn't toe the line. Yeah. All right. Back in just a second with just a little. So um, I just have to say this out loud. Um, Ezra Levant is um, he's the founder of the Rebel Media website up in Canada. He is the host of the Ezra Levant um, podcast. Uh, He has been outspoken for a very long time. Usually, usually, I mean, first of all, every time I see him, he introduces himself. He's really, really humble and quiet. But usually if someone gives to somebody else's charity, especially in a large way, they make a big deal out of it. I didn't know that you have been donating your your company, your team and your listeners have been donating to the Nazarene Fund now for a long time. Five thousand dollars a month commitment. Why? What? I mean, I'm so appreciative. I didn't know that you were doing this. 
Can we turn this mic up? There we go. Um, Credit to our our donors and our viewers. I went to Iraq just over two years ago uh, with a small team, and we saw the genocide against Christians. It's really ethnic cleansing, and it's being ignored by all the powers of the world. Even, I regret to say, I think even the the church has ignored it. I mean, some great exceptions. Yes, Uh, yes. Like Samaritan's Purse is a notable exception. And so we did some videos about this, but I thought, well, let's help. So let's raise some money for these these Christians. I'm Jewish myself, and I saw so many analogies with the Holocaust, the desecration of the Christian cemeteries, um, the marking of the door. In Germany, it was the yellow star. In Iraq, it was the nun, yeah. the Nazarene mm-hmm. symbol. Uh, and also the fact that the West ignored it. Yeah. So I, it really uh, was a lot of... Um, Echoes of the Holocaust. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.